podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. Ryan, today we're going to talk about decluttering. Nice. Are we going to go over the the eight easy steps to decluttering your closet? <laughs> There's 67, actually. Oh, okay. I've been keeping a list, <laughs> checking it twice. We've got so many questions here. We actually reached out to a bunch of folks on Patreon. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for keeping the show 100% yeah. advertisement free. You so, guys are awesome. I'll tell you what, let's just dive right into these questions. The first question is from Janine Wood. She says, when it comes to hobbies and their accoutrements, what's the best way to know what to keep and what to get rid of, even if you think you're going to use it again sometime. They can pile up for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I write in a, a chapter for our new book. It's called Love People, Use Things, available nowhere where books are sold because it's still being written. <laughs> but uh, there's a chapter in there about stuff. You know, the, the, Obviously, the, for those of you who have listened to us before, you know that we have these different relationships in our lives. So this book is sort of the a relationship book, but not in the traditional sense. It's our relationship with the truth, our relationship with our values, our relationship with our relationships. Finances, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so people, finances, money, um, but also our relationship with our stuff. And we've created a strange relationship with stuff in the sort of post-industrial world and especially with the, uh, the sort of post-1970s, post-1980 world of the ubiquity of free and cheap products. Mm. And I say free and cheap because there's a lot of things that are way less expensive and easy to access. But there's also, we're just given a ton of free things. Remember when we were in the corporate world, Ryan, mm. and we would go to like conventions or events and they just hand out tchotchkes and beer oh, koozies. Yeah. You and remember Customer Appreciation Day? Yes. Oh my God, man! People we, would be people would be fighting over tote bags and like, do you really need a tote bag? But because it's free, I'd be stupid not to take it. Right, free pins and and yeah. all of these things that we don't actually want, but we tell ourselves that we do want these mm. things. And so when I, I'm looking at uh, Janine's question here. Man, I, I'm thinking about some of the rules that I've been writing about. Now, you and I have, over the last decade, since simplifying, we've sort of created some rules in mm -hmm. our life. Now, there isn't a minimalist rule book. I wish there was. Uh, here are the 17 rules to follow, and you'll be the, uh, the perfect minimalist. Yeah. Yeah, we can only talk to what works for us. And right. What, what, you know, what, other, what has worked for other people. But, yeah, ultimately, these are just thoughts and ideas for people to take and what i like about our rules too is they're totally malleable yes they are you know you think about the 90 90 rule uh where you know if you haven't used it in the last 90 days or if you don't plan on using it in the next 90 days that works great for you and me um well it works great for most of my stuff there yeah. are some seasonal things which we'll get to actually in the questions that yeah, doesn't work for but but it doesn't have to be 90 90 for you at home or in your car or wherever you listen to this podcast it can be it can be 91 91 
Right, and and I think that's the thing when we're talking about rules. These are rules that have worked well for us. Uh, they're almost policies in a way. Sometimes you can you can break a policy when it makes sense. Two rules that came to mind for me. Uh, one is the just in case rule. Yeah, and that's probably my favorite rule. It, and it, it's that's like the first one we came up with too. It is. We yeah. it was 2011. We were on tour and we were trying to not pack as much stuff, and we realized we were packing so many things just in case we needed it in some hypothetical future. Yeah. I opened up the trunk and I saw all your luggage and I said, Josh, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> you fake minimalist. <laughs> yeah, and, me and, too. <laughs> and, and so what I realized is that when we got home from tour, like, oh, this also applies to my physical goods at home. Like, I'm holding on, even as a so-called minimalist, mm -hmm. I'm still holding on to this and that and this and these jeans and this t-shirt. I haven't worn it in a year, but you know what? I better hold on to it just in case. Mm. I might need it someday in some far off non-existent hypothetical future and that that justification made me hoard a bunch of things that i didn't actually get value from whatsoever what were your biggest culprits mine were t-shirts every time i had a free t-shirt i'm like oh i'd be stupid not to take this t-shirt i can wear this for the next time i paint but then i ended up with like 30 painting t-shirts <laughs> every weekend you're like finding something to paint changing your shirt every hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like yard work shirts i mean which makes sense which like, by the way aren't painting shirts and yard work shirts the same thing exactly uh it, although you had enough that you could have a drawer of yard work shirts and a drawer of painting shirts and still not wear them all yeah yeah, for me it was cosmetics mostly. <laughs> Do you have a problem with makeup? Uh, no, that's but a real problem though with with some some folks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I I, uh, I remember when I was dealing with my mom's stuff. You know, when when after she passed, like she had makeup. I swear to you, that was from the 1980s. Like she was yeah. holding on to so many things just in case. It, it looked like someone was trying to start a, a beauty supply business mm. in her bathroom, yeah. and, and it was moisturizer and concealer and makeup. And some of them still were like sealed or in packages that had been there for probably months or years that were never used because yeah. what we do is we, we fall victim, we're susceptible to, you walk into CVS and you're like, oh, look at that Maybelline model. It's buy one, get one free. Right, I'd be <laughs> dumb not to buy two then. I didn't yeah. even wanna buy one, but now I'm gonna buy two because it's 100% off that second one. But of course it's 100% off if you don't buy anything at all when you when you walk out of the store. So for me, the, the just in case rule, so let's break that down real quick. Uh, we also call it, it's AKA the 2020 rule, mm -hmm. right? Anything that I'm holding onto just in case, I can get rid of for less, or I can get rid of because I can replace it for less than $20 in less than 20 minutes from wherever I am. But Josh, think of all that money you're gonna be wasting. That would be true, and that would actually worry me if that were true. Yeah, because t hopefully you're you're getting rid of things that you're not using. Right. So there's no need to replace it. Right, and now that rule has worked for us 100% of the time, yeah. and I think I've only had to use it about a handful of times yeah. over the course of the last decade. Now think about that. Let's say I've had to use it five times in the last decade. So okay. it, it's cost me less than a hundred dollars let's just call it a hundred dollars over the last 10 years right would you spend a hundred dollars to get rid of all of your clutter that is just all of your just in case clutter right yeah of course i would yeah and so yes i've had to use it a couple times uh once i used it for a pair of scissors once was for a pair of shorts that i can remember um i don't even remember the other times so yeah I, I did it with a toothbrush five. but think about it man some people are actually paying about a hundred bucks a month or even more to hold on Right. So they're just in case stuff in a storage. I know I had a storage shed for a little bit and 
it was all of these like, well, maybe one day I'll start to use these things again. Right. And so what it does by spending that $100 over the course of a decade, it gives you permission to let go mm-hmm. of the literally tens of thousands of just-in-case items yeah. that the average American household is holding on to. Now, there's a close correlate rule to the just-in-case rule, and it's called the just-for-win rule. Mm-hmm. And we often get confused, and we say, well, I'm holding on to this just-in-case, so what about when I actually do need the thing? Well, there's yeah. some things we hold on to just for when. We know we're absolutely <clears throat> going to use Or them. even like, <clears throat> like hopefully, like for example, a first aid kit. Um, I hope that isn't a just for when. Well, I'm going to talk about that in a second. This is a just-in-case oh. item that I can justify. Oh, so, okay. So let's talk about, there are some just-in-case items that I hold on to, and I, I will make a, I'll, I'll pin the rule to okay. the just-in-case Where, where were you going with it? The just-for-win rule are things like, I obviously don't go to the store and buy one Kleenex at a time. Mm. I'm going to buy an entire box of Kleenex, even though I might not use them all. Oh, I'm so glad I can buy an entire box of Kleenex now. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I know I'm, I'm going to use it at some point in the near future. It is yeah. a just for win item. The same is true with toilet paper. We don't buy our toilet paper one square at a time. Right. We don't buy paper towels one uh, paper towel sheet at a time yeah. or select a size. There are certain things too. Yeah, or like coffee filters, for example. Like if I get five packages of coffee filters mm-hmm. and I can get them, uh, you know, for whatever. Like I know I'm going to use coffee filters. Like that is a given. And I like to have enough there, just like with toilet paper, paper towels. It's like, I don't want to run out and then have to run to the store when I need more. So usually when I get down to like one or two packs of coffee filters, I'll go buy, you know, five more. And plus you buy that, you're buying it in bulk. That makes sense for a few reasons. Sure. One is it lowers your shipping costs or also the, the cost on the environment. If you're yeah. having them shipped to you, you don't want to have a good point. one square of toilet paper or one coffee filter or even one package of coffee filters right. shipped to you. But also you have to consider, do I have the space for this? I, I'm with you. When I buy coffee filters i'll buy seven or eight packs at once mm-hmm. because i have enough room in my my little coffee cabinet for eight packs of coffee filters so i have enough space now if i were to buy 50 packs yes i'm going to use these eventually but i don't actually have the space for it i'd have mm-hmm. to like put it in ella's sock drawer or something yeah and so that that doesn't make as much sense mm-hmm. so uh, we have the just in case rule we have the just for win rule understand that some things we're holding on to we hold on to it just for win because we're certain we're going to use it we know that it will get used and then there are some just in case items that um that might be appropriate that are appropriate because you can't replace them for less than twenty dollars in less than 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and and i think the emergency kit that you just mentioned yeah is the best example of that yeah dude if you're living in montana i mean you should have a blanket in the back of your car what do they what do they tell you it's like a blanket uh some water um, and a pound of roast beef. <laughs> Canned roast beef. <laughs> a pound of roast beef. It wouldn't stay fresh, Josh. <laughs> but no, seriously, like you should have <clears throat> something driving around in the wintertime there. I mean, if you get stuck in the middle of nowhere, you're right. Like it, yeah, can't, be, it can't be replaced in less than 20 minutes for less than $20, and your life might depend on it. Right. So certainly there are some exceptions to the rule. There are emergency just-in-case items that often make sense. However... We have to be careful with that, too, because we can justify just right. about anything. Yeah. And so we, we, have to, we have to really look ourselves in the mirror and be honest with ourselves. Is this something that I truly need mm-hmm. in case of emergency? If, if so, in case of emergency is a just-in-case item. Yeah. But it's okay to have some emergency items to plan for emergencies. Yeah. That said, even when you plan for emergencies, you can't plan for every 
emergency. That's absolutely true. And I just want to point out too, like Josh and I, we can't make this decision for you. Like this is for you. Like you said, Josh, it's for them to look in the mirror and be honest with themselves because yes, you could go down the slippery slope and hang on to all these just in case items. And then, and then you're just going to be right back to a, a cluttered closet or whatever. So Janine, when it comes to your hobbies, let me talk about my hobbies a little bit. So I snowboard, I mountain bike, uh, I scuba dive. And I, I guess when it comes to my hobbies, I think about what do I have uh, room for? What can I afford financially? Um, what What is going to be the best use of the space that I have? Now, Mariah and I, we just moved into a new apartment yesterday. It is a uh, studio apartment. It's although it has two bathrooms, which is really strange. <laughs> I feel like they could have like extended the bedroom or something. But anyway, uh, it, we have a small we have a smaller amount of space. So like R Mariah and I right now are kind of going through this. All right, what are we gonna do with our bikes? What are we gonna do with our snowboards? And I think we're gonna have uh, enough room to fit everything in there. We're still unpacking right now, but you know, ultimately, if I've got to go buy a storage shed to put something in, I'm going to really ask myself whether or not. I want to continue doing that hobby. And, and the other thing too, is there are a lot of hobbies I want to pick up, man. I would love to start fly fishing. I would love to, but you know what comes along with fly fishing? All the fly fishing gear. And I don't have room for that right now. You should just do spear fishing instead. All you need is a spear for that. <laughs> Dude, genius. <laughs> Sean, order me a spear off of Amazon. <laughs> but Janine- We'll so put a link to that spear in the show notes. <laughs> so, so Janine, that's- that's what I'm going to recommend is when it comes to hobbies specifically is, you know, what is it that you can afford in your life? And, you know, when it comes to like snowboarding, I only do that a couple months out of the year. In fact, living in Los Angeles, I'm not doing it nearly as much as when I lived in Montana. So I might go snowboarding, you know, if, when I was in Montana, I was going a dozen, uh, you know, maybe a dozen and a half times a year. And now I might go a half a dozen times. So I, I still am love snowboarding. I'm going to snowboard. I know I'm going to use it and I know I know I can afford it, not just the financial cost, but the cost of upkeeping the thing, cleaning the thing and storing the thing and all of all of that. So Janine, when it comes to your hobbies, ask what it is that you can afford and be honest with yourself if you actually are going to uh to do those hobbies. If you haven't done like if I haven't done a hobby in a year, I will seriously question whether or not I'm going to keep all the equipment that comes along with that. A great example is golf. I love golf. I suck at it so bad. And I feel like most people, when they practice, they get better. But for some reason, when I practice, I get worse. <laughs> but when I moved to Montana, I had this beautiful set of golf clubs. I think, you know, the uh, the monetary cost when I first got them, I bought them when I was in the corporate world. They're probably like 800 bucks. I mean, it was like a nice bag, nice set of golf clubs. And for that first year, I did not golf when we were in Montana. The second year, I'm like, all right, I'm, I either need to get rid of this or go golfing. I went golfing. And again, I got worse <laughs> than what I had done previously. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't have the time to snowboard, to mountain bike, to hike, to longboard, to, you know, whatever, whatever sports that I have in my life. And also to get good at golf. So I found someone who, uh, it's actually Mariah's ex-roommate. Uh, he does golf a lot. He is a good golfer. And I gave him this beautiful set of golf clubs. And I'll tell you what, the joy that he got from those golf clubs uh, it, it actually made me feel a lot better about getting about getting rid of it. But there's just an example for you when you aren't doing a hobby that you think that you actually love. I mean, I guess you gotta gotta look in the mirror and ask yourself, do you really love it? I, you know, I think I think you brought up a good point there, and it's a new rule to consider: is if you haven't done a hobby within a year, then it's probably not a hobby of yours yeah. anymore. Yeah. 
All right, let's. Uh, oh, uh, Janine, real quick, I'd love to send you a copy of one of our books. Ryan and I have written three books together. Uh, we in this order: minimalism, everything that remains, and then essential. The book I want to send you is a book called Essential. It's an essay collection, 150 different essays about 12 different areas of life that are the intentional era, uh, intentional living areas, and. Uh, in that book, we talk about well, one of the chapters, one of those 12 areas is stuff. It's sort of our how-to book. If you go through our books, you have everything that remains, which is the why-to book. You have minimalism, which is the what-to book. It talks about our values. And then you have essential, which is the how-to book. And I think, Janine, you'll find a lot of value in that. If you like our podcast, you'll like the, ooh, I almost said love, but you probably won't love it. It's just a book. It's not a person. <laughs> you know, there are like Seven different meanings for love, right? In, in the, yeah, in the English language. In the it, English language, yeah. It's... It, it becomes a problem. And, you know, we, we often talk about this, and it's one of the things I'm writing about in, in the book, is we want to be careful not to love our things because I think it really waters down the love that we have for the people closest to us. So I hope you enjoy. There's a better word for you. Gina, I hope you enjoy the copy of essential if you want the audio book we'll send you that or if you want the book book or the ebook we'll be happy to send that to you ryan why don't you uh, move on to crystal's question here all right crystal wrote in how or i'm sorry she wrote in what should i keep and what should i toss when it comes to seasonal or special occasion clothes and shoes yeah so what are seasons we live in los angeles and it's yeah. just one season here so that's your answer you just move to california be fine you <laughs> get rid of all the other three seasons worth of things <laughs> we, we have something called the seasonal rule it's also known as the 90 90 rule ryan alluded to it earlier but i'll just go through it really quickly because we're getting shorter and shorter on time here the 90 90 rule covers most seasons so we're recording this right now in uh, september right and so if i look 90 days so it's fall right now early fall and if i look 90 days back that goes into and fall by the way is this roughly the same thing as spring right mm. uh i mean seasonal seasonally if you're living in a place with with all four seasons spring and fall are pretty similar pretty weather similar. wise right yeah. and so uh if i so right now we're in fall which also covers spring but if you look back 90 days then we're in the summer so have I used this in the last 90 days? And then am I going to use it in the next 90 days? Well, that's going to cover winter for us. So that effectively covers every season, the 90-90 rule. And for me, I even try to take a little bit more extreme. I'll often look at things, say, have I used this in the last 30 days? And if not, am I going to use it in the next 30 before I even extend out to the 90-90 rule? But I know that rule is, is really helpful for folks because it makes you realize like, wow, I bought that sweatshirt thinking I was going to wear it last winter and I never did and if I'm being honest with myself it was an aspirational purchase and I'm probably mm. not going to wear it this winter either yeah and so if I haven't used it in the last 90 I'm not going to use it in the next 90 then I give myself permission to let go yeah no I think it's a, I think it's a great point man I mean it, it, just come up with your own rules on what is appropriate for your life I mean crystal we can't sit here and be like, well, you need uh, you need some special occasion clothes for weddings and for funerals and for X, Y, and Z. I mean, what is appropriate for your life? What's really going to help you uh, hold on to the appropriate amount of things is being clear with what is appropriate for your life. And you'll probably hear Josh and I say that a lot. Well, uh, here's the, the thing, word, right? The word appropriate. Well, I um, think that... Um, 
the the ninety ninety rule also helps me use some of the things that I wouldn't otherwise use mm, within ninety yeah. days. Yeah. So you you just mentioned like having a yeah. a seasonal or or a special occasion sort of clothing. Right. I I own a suit, mm-hmm. and I don't have occasions to wear that suit generally every ninety days. I'm just imagining you like. <laughs> After 90 days of not using it, you just like put it on and sit around your house leisurely. <laughs> sort of. I, but actually, what I'll do is when Bex is coming in from the airport, I will put a suit on and pick her up because she just loves the way I look in a suit. That's great. And so it gives me a, a an excuse to wear the suit, make her like feel good about it, and like put my suit on, my tie, my dress mm-hmm. shoes. And I actually, you, know, you feel different doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to wear a, sh- a shirt and tie every day, a suit every day. Yeah. And so you... you quickly get used to not having to wear that noose around your neck and it feels really strange like, oh, even though dude. i used to have it every single it's day so and it liberating. felt normal so i have i got one uh uh shirt with a collar on it because every once in a while mariah and i will go to a you know restaurant where they're like you have to have a collar shirt so like i have it just for when yeah um i don't own a suit because I love not having that noose around my neck. Mm-hmm. So um, even to weddings and funerals, like I will, like what I'm wearing right now, this is what I wear to <laughs> weddings and funerals. And no one's ever given me any guff for it. For Try- those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, Ryan is naked. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, I have a loincloth on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a question here from Guy Whitlock. Guy says, I recently became one of your 1,000 true fans on Patreon. Woo, nice. Thanks, Guy. Guy, you're one of the only people who actually matter to us. <laughs> it's it's him, you, and me who have joined the true <laughs> fans here. <laughs> no, th- so so we have this tier where there's uh, 1,000 true fans. It's uh, based on, on Kevin Kelly's. Uh, theory about having a thousand true fans. We actually uh, recently capped our Patreon support at six thousand. We're, we're roughly at four thousand now. We're just trying to keep it relatively private over there on on the private podcast. That's yeah. why. But there's there's two different tiers there. There's the sort of private podcast patrons, but then there's a, a higher tier with the true fans where you also get access to all of our live events. I can't recordings. wait till we hit four thousand patrons uh, because yeah, that's I mean, happiness. it's right around the corner actually by the time this comes out we might be at 4,000 already we've got a goal up there that Sean, Jess and Jordan are going to do a podcast together and divulge all of our secrets once we get to (laughs) 4,000 anyway Guy says you guys are fantabulous well thank you Guy anyway here's my question you know the saying a a place for everything and everything in its place well I'm a stickler about this it really keeps me sane and relaxed however my wife and 8 year old daughter just can't seem to get the hang of it and it makes so much more work for me around the house and in the car help alright guy when they're gone I, I wanna you point just out one thing. throw away all their stuff <laughs> <laughs> just joking I, I do need to point out one thing he had, had the longest question of the day mm. and uh, it wasn't actually a question he said here's my question and then he just went on a rant for, for a moment and, and said, hey, here's the problem I have. It's my daughter and my wife. There's a question mark in that sentence somewhere. <laughs> no, there literally isn't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. There is in that in that, in that third sentence. But but yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately, Guy, uh, thank you for the statement. <laughs> <laughs> so so here, here's what I'll say to you, Guy. Um, maybe you're creating some unnecessary, unnecessarily restrictive rules and I'm only saying that because I know that I have done it repeatedly, um, where 
there are 15 things that need to happen in order for me to be, let me mm. use your exact words here, sane and relaxed. Mm. In order for me to be sane and relaxed, all the laundry needs to be folded, it needs to be done, the dishes need to be done, the floor needs to be sweeped and mopped and vacuumed, the bed needs to be made, Ella's bed needs to be made. Oh, wait, we didn't make the bed right. Let me redo that really quickly. Uh, oh, and you know what? The cabinets there, Like I like to have all the products, especially the cleaning products, neat and orderly, like you would see on a... Uh, OCD store shelf and so it has to be exactly like that before I can be sane and relaxed and you know what yeah that is probably optimal for me but the opportunity cost of having a family is clutter mm. and you're going to have some clutter sometimes some yeah. things that, that you may have to uh, to compromise, right? And and so I think the best thing that I could recommend for you is something that I've done with my own family and it's creating new expectations together. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is don't set expectations. You don't want to, to talk at your wife and at your kid and here's what you need to do in order for me to be sane and relaxed. No, what we need to do is say, hey, you know what would really help me? X, Y, and Z would really help me. And then by the way, the five most powerful words for me are, would you be willing to? Would you be willing to help me with this? Because if they care about you, which we know your family does, then they would be willing to help you. But then also you need to give some, you need to give a little bit. Would you be willing to let go of the, some of the expectations that you've created? And if so, I think you'll be in a better place because of it, guy. Yeah, I think, uh, dude, Mariah and I, we do a great job of going out of our way to show each other that we love each other every single day as much as we can. And I'll do things that I normally wouldn't do if I lived by myself. But because Mariah has, you know, years ago when we first started living together, she's like, hey, Ryan, would you mind doing X, Y, and Z? That would really help me out. And uh, one thing is, is like, I will leave my boxers in the bathroom, my Sketty hat. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, that's what I did when I, when I lived by myself. And um, I would, you know, I'd leave them there in the morning and I'd pick them up later. It's not like I just had a big pile of boxes in the bathroom, but like it wasn't an immediate thing for me to grab them and put them in the dirty clothes. Mariah was like, hey, do you mind doing that? I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that. So if you go out of your way, guy, to do things that uh, your wife and your daughter really appreciate you doing, I promise you, guy, that they're going to go out of their way to do things for you. So uh, that I think that's the biggest part of of uh, of this whole of this whole equation is, is you've got to support your wife and daughter as much as possible with things that you know that they like. Maybe you're, you necessarily don't uh, agree with them or, or like what what they're, you know, what you have to do for them. But if you show them support, they will sh show you support back. Uh, Jolene has a question here. Jolene says, what would you recommend for storing holiday decorations? They only come out certain times of the year and are store in storage the rest of the year. And they just take up space. I guess my question would my, my question back to her would be what what holidays, right? Mm. You, you don't have decorations for every holiday. You you figured out de holidays that you want decorations for. Did, did you just take down your Labor Day decorations? Or what about your Flag Day decorations this past June, right? And so there are certain holidays that we don't ever put up decorations for. Mm. There are other, other holidays that we've told ourselves a story, like I need to have decorations for this. And then, and of course, I need to then take the decorations down. For I have a friend who leaves 
holiday decorations up, the Christmas holiday decorations up all year. What if you were to do that? By the way, the city of Beverly Hills does that. If you drive through Beverly Hills, like down La Cienega, they have the lights on the palm trees, all the, the Christmas lights on the palm trees all year round. Yeah. And it creates a, a sort of feeling of, you know, the same uh, feeling you might get the holiday cheer. Our friend TK Coleman listens to Christmas music every day of the year. <laughs> he doesn't wait until Christmas. So you can leave some of these decorations out. What, what would happen if, if you left, left them out? And then if there are holidays that you no longer want decorations for, like Flag Day, then don't do it. <laughs> I got rid of okay. all my Flag Day decorations. Oh, man. All right, Katie, she writes in, what do you recommend and feel is reasonable for children's toys? Our three-year-old is strengthening his giving muscle, but it's hard for him to let go. I have some news for you, Katie. Um, well, two things. Number one is the appropriate item uh, number is 12. <laughs> 12 toys if you are a kid. Uh, it's actually, uh, I, I, I am joking, but there is a stat that the average Western child has 300 toys but plays with 12 daily. Mm. And, and so that is an actual stat it, that really illustrates, it doesn't mean that 12 is a magical number. It just means that on average, that's what kids play with. And we have an abundance of toys. You've, of course, heard of the paradox of choice. The paradox of choice means you walk in your room, you have 300 toys. I, I've seen this with kids where they just panic and they're like, they're, I don't have anything to play with. But if they have three things to play with, they're like, okay, well, good, better, best, or one, two, three, let me pick, let, let me pick one. And then they start playing with it. But if they're yeah. overwhelmed, then it becomes harder. But that's true with me and you as well. I have news for you, Katie. If it's hard for your three-year-old to let go, that might be true. But it's also really hard for us as adults to let go, yeah. right? And so that behavior doesn't go away once you get older. Yeah, maybe it becomes a little bit easier as you get some traction. There is this analytical philosopher, his name is uh, Bernardo Kastrup, and he has this, this uh, great quote, I'm probably gonna butcher it here, uh, the prime directive of the mind is self-deception. Mm. And all, all he's really saying is, we love to trick ourselves yeah. into thinking we need you know, 300 toys when we're a kid or 300,000 items when we're an adult, the bigger yeah. house, the bigger car. It's all about the stories that we tell ourselves. And so the, the antidote then is what? We have to tell ourselves some new stories. Mm -hmm. And that new story might be that, hey, this toy isn't serving a purpose anymore let's find it a new home or that new story might be i get a lot of value from having this set of toys these toys are in the way as opposed to i also have these toys yeah katie kids love to create i mean give them see how many toys how few toys you can get away with and watch your kids have fun i remember uh when i was uh, like in the second grade, my grandfather sent my mom in check for like a hundred bucks or something. And he was like, take Ryan to the toy store and get him whatever he wants. We went to Toys R Us when it was still around. Although I think it's making a comeback. I heard, I heard in the news. I, dot com is. Someone <laughs> bought the dot com, I think. Maybe that's what it is. We went to Toys R Us and dude, I'm telling you, like I, could, I couldn't choose anything. 
I was so overwhelmed yeah. with the paradox of choice. And you know what I ended up getting? What? Legos. Mm. And I'm getting Legos, and like it was my favorite toy because I could create with them. Right, because you got an infinite number of toys, mm-hmm. effectively, Yeah. with that box of Legos. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking of our, our friend Rob Bell. He has this great video about like his, uh, I think it was his yeah, son, one, one of his two sons. They went, uh, you know, dad and son day going to the toy store and he said son you can get whatever you want and he's he runs around the store and he comes back with this little blue shovel <laughs> and he's like no 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 you can get anything in the store that you want and he's like yeah i want the blue shovel because mm-hmm. that means you and i can play in the backyard for hours <laughs> and it's a one dollar plastic blue shovel yeah but what was meaningful wasn't the shovel. It was the experience that he was having. All right, looks like we got a bunch more questions to answer. we got a question here about tradition. We have a question about organization tips for someone who can't seem to declutter in their small apartment. We have a question about decluttering our mobile phone home screens. We have a question about decluttering boxes and boxes and boxes of photographs. We have a question about the why behind decluttering, not just the how to, but the why to. We're going to talk about that. We also have a question about how do you declutter gifts without hurting the gift giver's feelings? We're going to talk about getting rid of our adult children's favorite toys that we're still hoarding in our basement. Mm. Uh, We have a question. My parents always want to salvage things I want to get rid of. What should I do? Also, how to declutter when you don't have a lot of space space in your house. Ryan, this will be fascinating with you because you you just moved into a a, um, a 100 square foot apartment. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is a studio apartment. Also, uh, we're going to talk about the monetary value of things. We're going to talk about decluttering your social circles online and, and unfriending people. We're going to talk about what the insides of our cars look like. And you'll be surprised that Ryan's and my cars are actually appreciably different on the interior. And we're going to talk about that. And uh, we've got a lot more to talk about. If you want to hear all that, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode. But each week, Ryan and I record an entirely different, much longer Maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast, which gives us the private space we need to talk about topics we don't usually discuss in public. Plus, Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast to keep it 100% advertisement-free. When you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon, you'll receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You can find all the details and all the good stuff over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Being informed is more important than ever these days. So I encourage all of our listeners and our viewers to read more and get informed. And also, I've got some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, my name's Karen, and I'm calling from Philadelphia. I'm calling in response to the Impulses episode. And I had a comment for Erica, who has the business that may or may not um, align with her minimalist values now. I just had a thought about that because I sew and I do a lot of sewing for a living, so I've always had a large stash of fabrics. I also have a side retail business that buzzes me to sell things to people, and I don't always feel comfortable about their purchases. It sounds like her business is some sort of a craft or yarn store, and I thought it might be a good way to at least partially transition 
to start doing events either at the store or at another location, put up a sign to our customers, hey, is your yarn stash getting overwhelming? Come join me and your other customers and knit for a good cause. Make something for the homeless. Make things to donate to refugees. Do something that will use up some of that stash. Make people feel good about what they're doing with it. And also get together as a community. It might be a way to spread some minimalist values while she's hosting, but it would also do a lot of good in the short and long term. Hi, my name is Cody from Owyhee, Nevada. I'm responding to episode 46 called Let Go. You were talking about social media and particularly scrolling through Facebook, how how it brings discontent and is essentially a waste of time. My solution to that is that I have unfollowed all of my, quote, friends and groups. This makes my newsfeed completely empty and clean and keeps me from scrolling mindlessly to see what people are up to. Some people might think of this as being a bit extreme, but I find that it allows me to be more deliberate in my use of Facebook. If I'm thinking about someone in particular, I can go directly to their profile and see what they are up to, or I can send them a message and actually talk with them. Another thing I do to minimize Facebook is that I try to keep my friends list below 150 people. Studies have shown that the human mind cannot keep track of more than 150 relationships. If you have more than 150, chances are there are people on your list that you don't know or remember. Either way, they are probably not adding value to your life and are not worth cluttering up your social media. All right, y'all, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that is going on in the life of the minimalist. Actually, two things, Ryan. Uh, One is we have a side project called Minimalism Life. Folks want to check that out, they can at www.minimalism.life. And uh, there is a bunch of free stuff there, free wallpapers, free journal articles, uh, all kinds of writings about minimalism and simplicity and simple living and architecture and design and travel, all things minimalist over there. There's also a subscription side called Inside Minimalism. And I'm going to be publishing some snippets from Love People Use Things over there exclusively. So it won't be uh, available to the public at all. But if you want to get involved with that uh, and check out some snippets from our book that comes out in 2021, then that's the only place you'll be able to find it over at Inside Minimalism at uh, minimalism.life. You know, I used to always be really angry because there was a better looking minimalist website than ours, Minimalissimo. Yeah. And uh, Carl was amazing. Right. So, so, you know, long story short, um, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. Right. <laughs> so now we're part of we're part of this project, and I'm so happy because yeah, it is such a beautiful, beautiful website. Yeah, talk about just beautiful aesthetics. Yeah, uh, Alberto from Five Style and Carl from Minimalissimo, like they just have an eye for aesthetics, and uh, we're actually going to be talking about aesthetics during during the uh, the Patreon episode as well. Because it's something that's important. It's not the most important thing, but it is certainly part of, of the recipe. You want to put your best foot forward. And we've certainly done that with minimalism.life. You can check that out. Also, my wife is doing the uh, Healthy and Whole Project over at minimalwellness.com. She is doing this uh, nine-week course right now that starts October 1st. So if you're interested in that, and uh, she's a registered dietitian, also a paragon of health, one of the healthiest people I have ever met in my life. 
and she's helped a lot of people. Uh, she spent a decade at a university helping a lot of students with eating disorders, but also folks who just want to better manage their, their diet and figure out their dietary restrictions, figure out how to optimize their health. She's doing a nine-week course all around that, and you can find that over at minimalwellness.com. That is her website where she posts a lot of really great recipes and a bunch of other free stuff as well. All right, if you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode, youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails. And for our added value this week, Ryan, I wanted to, um, to play a song, and I was trying to figure out what uh, what song I should play before we started this. There's a great song from Joel Ortiz. His new album called Monday just came out. It's called Screens, but I think I want to save that for we're we're getting ready to do a a podcast episode with Chris Ryan, mm. and uh, he has a um, book coming out called Civilized to Death, and Screens is sort of a, a lament on how we've grown up without screens, but now all kids are, are forced to, to listen to screen or to, to just watch screens all day and they're tantalized by them. But you know what? We might as well play it now since I've teased it enough. We'll listen to Screens by uh, Joel Ortiz from his new album, Monday. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. It got crazy out here, man. My son come home from school, take every article of clothing off. He has no intentions on going outside. <laughs> Man. Damn screens. Kids don't come upstairs with grass stains on their jeans. No playing tag at night. No more sundown freeze. No more falling off their bike peroxide on knees. Jeans, I ain't seen a double dutch in years. What happened to Skelly? No more tops hitting squares. I used to front flip off of the fence, back flip off the swing. Somebody did, you had to do it to be playground king. Walked across monkey bars, rubber mat so far. Something crazy drove by, I screamed, that's my car. Threw rocks up on the roof, they couldn't match my arm. And manhunt lasted long, we couldn't catch Taquan shit. Red quarter water, action man to have a sip. Pack an hour later's in a quarter bag of chips. Never would I ever thought a game of catch and kiss would be something that these kids would have to miss. Imagine this. Phone screen, tablet screen, computer screen. Alien TV screen, I never seen. So many ways to look away from the world. These screens, raising your sons, babysitting your girls. So many screens. Everyone say hi, you're on a screen.